0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello everyone and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. We have so much to cover on the podcast today. Of course, we have the new episode of the Real House with Beverly Hills. And the season 11 premiere of Vanderpump Rules and the Scandival Industrial Complex is still going strong. Saving! I was noticing when I was watching the episode last night live on Bravo, the commercials even were still, it was like, Ariana promoting the Olympics. It was Lala promoting the movie Argyle. We're still getting lots of new music out of Sheena Shea. She had a holiday song over the holidays, and now she's got some other new music. It just seems like it's never-ending. And I love every time she, she releases new music. I'm here for it. Even if I uh, only listen to it one time and then move on, I'm still here for her releasing all the new music that she wants because I'm a music lover. And speaking of, before we get into the episode of Vanderpump Rules Proper, I do have to tell you a quick story. So I'm sorry to take a little detour here, but I had some parent, my parents in town this weekend on a layover and then also some family friends were here. And so there are about seven of us and I decided to take everybody to a farmer's market here in Los Angeles. And so we're strolling through this farmer's market, buying some Nice vegetables. We stop at a table that's selling jam and I love jam, but I've been down that road before. I buy too many jams. They go bad. I never eat as much jam as I think I'm going to eat. So when I'm buying jams, I get it and I put it in the fridge and then have it one time. You just don't eat as much jam as you think you're going to eat. And so I taste a sample at this farmer's market table of the jam and I decide to move on, but the gay man behind there could tell that I liked the jam. And so he saw me walking away, but could tell I liked it and saw a sale. And so he said to me, look, I'll give you a buy one get one free if you can sing something for me. Sing something for him at the Hollywood Farmers Market, which is such a Hollywood thing. You know, sing for me, and I'll give you a discount on the jam. Anyway, I panicked, but I secretly wanted to sing, and I have a terrible voice. You guys know that. But this man was asking me to belt a tune, so I said no. I, can't. I felt like that Kristen Wiig character, like, don't make me sing, but I wanted to sing, you know. And so then our group caught wind of this, and they were like, come on, Danny, just sing something. And it felt like the entire town was staring at me, ready for me to put on a show. Probably no one noticed, but that's how it felt in my head. Anyway, in my brain, I thought I would sing some big ballady song that was old, that I could make into a joke, and that people would know, like a Mariah or Whitney, something big, nostalgic ballad that everyone would jump in. So I decided in my head to do Celine Dion. And that's what I thought I was doing, at least. And so I started singing to everybody, and I started singing, I'm going to love you like I'm going to lose you. I sort of blacked out, and I just kept singing, I'm going to love you like I'm going to lose you. And you might be thinking, Danny, I don't know a Celine Dion song with those words, and that's because you don't. That's right. It wasn't a Celine Dion song. And I remember I opened my eyes and I looked around thinking everyone would be laughing or joining in because they also know the song, but they were just staring at me. And I'm like, come on, everybody sing, sing. But I wasn't singing Because You Loved Me by Celine Dion like I thought I was. So everybody's looking at me like, what the fuck song is that? And then the guy who was selling the jam, he goes to me in front of the whole group. He goes, isn't that a Megan Trainor song? You guys, my stomach dropped like I was on a roller fucking coaster. I was singing a Megan Trainor ballad. Not even one of her up-tempo songs like that song about the bass or whatever the fuck she's singing about. I was singing a Megan Trainor ballad to a crowd at a Hollywood farmer's market. Just completely horrified. By the way, it's a great song. It's a duet she has with John Legend, but it's from her album. I think it's a great song, but it doesn't quite have the cross-generational appeal I was going for in the moment, like Celine Dion or somebody else. And so here I was just singing a Meghan Trainor ballad to the group, and they're all like looking at me like, what the fuck? That's the song? (laughs) That's the song you decide to sing? Anyway, I got to buy one and get one free jam, so that's a win in my book. Anyway, Vanderpump Rules, uh, season 11. That's right. We got new openings this year. The whole show looked a little flashier to me. Did it not? It looked flashier. It looked like they got better cinematography, or better editing, or I don't know what was going on. It was good, though. It was good, though. And so that redone opening where we see the sandwich shop, even though the sandwich shop don't even exist yet. I mean, it's there, but it's not open. And so we see Katie and Ariana at the sandwich shop. And I'm like, I can't even go buy a sandwich there. And yet they're filming there like it's open. And that's bamboozlement to the highest degree. And I don't feel comfortable about it. Do not feel comfortable about it. Anyway, they redid it. And everyone looks great. I sort of not only wish that we did have Rachel in this show this season, but I also feel like they needed to bring other people on because what are we doing? We lost Charlie and Raquel Rachel, which by the way, I also don't know what we're calling her anymore these days because on the show, even some of them are calling her Rachel, some are calling her Raquel and I can't keep up. What are we, I don't know. So I know some of you are going to yell at me like Danny's Connor Raquel. Danny's Connor Rachel. And it's like, that's cause I don't fucking know too many different names on here. Anyway, send your complaints to Daryl is what I'm going to tell you. But I don't know what we're calling her. Anyway, I think if we lost Charlie, we lost Raquel, and the show's doing so well, then we should have brought in some other people. Instead, they're doing that Valley Village spinoff. I'm thinking, what are we doing the spinoff for if we can use some more bodies in this show? So it doesn't make any sense to me that part. And maybe we should have just gotten some new people. And they kept showing also during the live broadcast that commercial for that show, The Valley, which if you're not familiar, it's going to be about Jax, Kristen, Brittany, Rotten Hill. It's going to be about some new people that we don't know. Although I do know one of the couples. I know Janet and Jason. Lovely. We loved, I love Janet. I'm excited to get to see her on the show. But uh, I've known her for years. And actually, fun fact— Janet is responsible for getting Cameron Diaz on Everything Iconic. So if you remember a couple of years ago, we had Cameron Diaz on here promoting, uh, of course, she has an Abilene brand of wine. And that interview was uh, thanks to Janet, uh, who's going to be on the Valley. So we we love Janet. But um anyway, I also noticed in the opening of Vanderpump Rules, we saw Ariana and Tom's house. And there was a little note from Abilene. I think it said, like, Team Ariana from Abilene. It said, like, Cameron and uh Catherine who own Abilene Wines. so I thought that was interesting. But it all comes full circle. I do think though that they should have just brought so those people on Vanderpump Rules instead of doing this separate one. And then also the whole ad for that Valley Village show is like they're getting a they're gonna start adulting. And Jax is Jax is forty four, you guys. I mean, at least that's according to Google. But we know that everybody lies about their ages, huh, Tom Cinzel? So we know that it's around 44. I would say all of these people on the show, we give an age range. We don't know their exact birthdays. And I'm telling you, you could Google it, but it's a bunch of bag of bullshit. So what you Google is not necessarily everybody's birth age. So what I'm trying to say is I would, I would guess that Jax is between the ages of about 44 to 64, right? Like we don't exactly know. I know they're telling us on the Google that it's 44, but we don't know. We just don't know. Uh, and so they're saying on the end, they're like, getting a shot at adulting. And I'm like, what is this 44 to 64-year-old doing uh, just adulting for the first time in a child's toy? He's driving around in this car that's an electric uh, little kid's car. And he's driving around the neighborhood. And then Brittany comes in. She's like, I need you to mow the lawn, Jax. And I'm thinking, we already did a spinoff with these two. And it was one of the worst things next to relationship, which, uh, <laughs> what are these decisions over there Bravo HQ? I could go into relationship for an hour. I won't talk about it. Cause I know I've, I've done that before on the podcast. I've spent upwards of 75 hours talking about how they greenlit that show fucking relationship uh, where he, people were literally competing to date Shep from Southern charm. And then anyway, then we had the Brittany and Jack's take Kentucky. And then now this, and it's like, we already gave him a spinoff. It didn't work. And now we're doing it again. And I know Vanderpump rules that anyway, we'll watch every episode. So we'll see, see how it is. We're going to at least give it a shot. But I just wish they would have folded them back into Van- – if we were going to do anything with Brittany Cartwright, then we should have folded her back into Vanderpump Rules. And quite frankly, we should have left Jax out of it. But that's the show, and that's uh, we're going to keep watching. We're going to watch what happens live. Go to bravotv.com for more information. Anyway, uh, this – episode is a lot of catch-up, and I'm trying to catch up on what's going on in the show, but then there's also a lot of stuff happening outside of the show. So there was this Nick Vile podcast. Did you guys see this Nick Vile from The Bachelor World? He did a podcast with both Toms. And Tom Schwartz, by the way, you should stop doing interviews with Tom Sensible. Just get out. Just do not do a joint interview. You probably shouldn't be in business with that man either at this point. You should have learned after the scandal that happened, it's probably not good for business, but you're already in cahoots for Tom Tom and the other one, Schwartz and Sandys. So I understand that you already have a pre-existing relationship, but to be doing interviews together seems a little bit misguided to me. And so I would just give Schwartz that advice, like bare minimum, just maybe don't get on a microphone next to him because it always makes him look bad. And I was thinking uh, before I saw, I didn't even listen to the whole interview. I just saw clips online that were floating around, but I saw quite a few clips. I mean, I probably watched about 45 minutes and just various clips on <laughs> I should have just listened to the whole episode, but I'm watching it and I'm thinking in my head, like people are starting, I'm feeling like people were coming around to Tom Sandoval a little bit. Like I think people were ready to maybe at least a little, not everybody, but I was noticing the audience response and feeling like they were kind of ready to dip their toe in defending or being on Tom Sandoval's side, like a little bit, a little bit. I think the door was like cracked open, right? Rachel's not on the show anymore. I think people are getting mad at Ariana for having all these opportunities that came post Scandival. And so I saw a little sliver of a door opening where the audience, I thought, maybe was going to come around to Tom Sanzival. Then he does this interview on Nick Vile, you guys. And they, first of all, he showed up like an hour late. And that's like a whole part of this interview is that Tom Sanzival shows up an hour late and Schwartz is just sitting there. Meanwhile, I thought like, why didn't they just do the interview with Schwartz? Poor guy's just sitting there and got to wait for the other one, to other you who to show up. Uh, but then Tom Zinzival does show up and everything he's saying is like worse and worse and worse. And I'm um, almost like, Tom, you're not doing yourself any favors. If they would have just sh- shut their mouths a little bit, then I think the audience would have uh, saw that little door opening. They might have pushed that door open further. Instead, I feel like everybody slammed that door back shut because they heard Tom Zinzavall. And he's not uh, the best public speaker because there's a lot of likes and dudes and we all have these little ticks as we're talking. I notice that when I record the podcast and I edit the podcast, I hear my voice in the editing and I think, "I can't believe I said that again or I didn't realize I say that all the time or this tick or that tick, whatever uh, your vocal ticks are. Everybody has them. And when you have a podcast, everyone will you'll get reviews and complaints. People say, "He says that all the time." Oh, but the truth is every single person does. And even on this podcast, when I'm interviewing other guests, I'll oftentimes edit the guests if they have a lot of ums or likes. I try to edit those out so that it's a more free-flowing conversation. But a Thompson's of all, I don't think they edited out any ums, likes, or any of that stuff because it's like, uh, like, dude, uh, like, like, yeah, dude, like, uh. Anyway, he... Sort of starts to take accountability every sentence, but then he will get mad and confrontational and throw around on the bus again. And meanwhile, Shula Schwartz has got to speak for him and try to translate for Thompson's Fall. And, and Nick Vile's like going hard. It's just like, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he said, but he's just like going hard at him. Anyway, every time Tom Savol talks, though, I'm like, you should have just, you should not have said that. You should not have even done this interview. You should really just be quiet for a minute, and then I'll probably never do an interview because I think people would start to like you a little bit if he was just on the show. And I pulled a little clip because this clip actually from the interview made me laugh. But I encourage everyone to go check it out and listen to this thing because the from all the clips I heard, every moment of it is bad shit. But I pulled a little clip. This is Tom being interviewed. Uh, on another podcast, the Nick, I hope I'm saying that name, Nick Vile. Vile. Anyway, here we go. Like, dude, and I hate to, I hate to say it, but like, I acted out because I had such low self-worth and somebody like Raquel, somebody who's tw- in her twenties, like doing the, the, essentially the fucking whipped cream, fucking bikini thing. Like, like to me, like, like in varsity blues, like, <laughs> I I couldn't fucking like I I, I had I was like wow, I have, <laughs> really like, oh my god like I'm attractive to somebody like, I'm I'm serious like I get all this, that. This might be construed as you saying she made me cheat. That's no, not she that's not what it. you're saying. You don't it. want to be that guy. That. <laughs> like dude, dude, uh, varsity blues, whipped cream bikini. Oh fuck, dude, she came up there. How am I supposed to resist that? Oh. oh, oh. I don't want your life. Jeez, uh, in the name of Varsity Blues. But every other word, it was hard to listen to because like, um, uh, dude, uh, whipped cream bikini. uh, And then Schwartz is giving excuses for everything that he says. And I'm like, Schwartz, you should just get out of there. If I was Schwartz, I would have thrown some shoes on and ran out of that room. I know he's not often wearing things over his hooves, but I, he should have thrown on some tennis and ran on out of that uh, studio because there's no reason that he should have been there. It made him look so much worse. If they would just be quiet, just be quiet for a little while. Because Tom Schwartz, I think, actually is a good public speaker. He's got a good vocabulary. And so he needs to just start doing his uh, things on his own and not, uh, I don't know, maybe he's shy. He likes doing it with other people or something. I don't know. We need to get Sheila Schwartz on this podcast, maybe. Although I'm firmly on Team Katie, so I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could do that. You guys, I love Katie. I'm sorry. I, that's not always popular. I know you guys yell at me. But Katie Maloney, let me tell you something about her. I just read about this. She don't give a fuck about uh, the audience reaction to her. She does not give a fuck if the audience likes her or not. She'll be mean to every person on that cast. She'll wear whatever the fuck she pleases. Some of them outfits coming at our eyes this season, or in last season and the season before that. Some of them outfits that come at our the audience's eyes out of Katie Maloney, sometimes we go, whoa! Right? It's like looking directly at the sun. Uh, but I like that because A, I'm getting an interesting thing to look at. B, I think it's actually her style. It doesn't feel like she's just trying to look like a trend or something like that. It might be a little trendy, but I feel like Katie doesn't care. And I think that's good in a reality star because she does not uh, cater to an audience. Whereas sometimes I'm looking at someone like Lala on the show. When Lala was doing that whole phone call to Raquel Rachel and she goes behind the, uh, Tom Tom, by the way, I wish she would have walked a couple blocks and gone to the Sir Dump. Ladies and my right, that's where we should be doing these scenes. I didn't see the Sir Dump not one time in this episode. Anyway, she's in the. they're trying to make the back of TomTom happen. I'm like, there's no dumpster back there. We're not doing it. Unless Until I see a dump, I'm not interested. Uh, anyway, Lala goes back there, and she's got the phone. And she's leaving a voice note for Raquel. And I'm like, I don't even think she really wanted to leave a voice note or communicate with her. It just sort of felt like she was doing it because of the audience response. I don't know. I don't know. And meanwhile, we got Shishi. Well, I think Shishi actually cares the most about what the audience thinks, and I like her for that reason as well. Because Sheena has this uncanny ability, both in the reality TV world, but I think also as natural in her real life, to turn everything about herself. And I think that's very admirable in a reality TV star. And I think she cares about what the audience thinks. And So I don't know. I love them both. But I am firmly on Team Katie, and I can't explain it if some of you out there do not like Katie Maloney. I-, I can't understand it for you. That's just how I feel. I'm here to live my truth. So sorry. Sorry. Uh, what else do we got to talk? Oh, we got to talk about Summer Moon, you guys. Summer and Moon. Summer Moon is the cutest kid I've ever seen in my life. It's, it, maybe that's dramatic to say, but I love Summer Moon. And I'm obsessed with the fact that Summer Moon's now in a feud with Tom Sandoval. Because Tom blocked Summer Moon. That's right. Tom blocked Summer Moon. On Instagram, Tom went and blocked everybody. Blocked Sheena Shea, blocked Brock, blocked Shenanigans, the podcast, and then decided to block Summer Moon. And that's a bold thing because Summer Moon's adorable. So even if you don't like the other ones, the parents, I still think you need to at least keep the algorithm open enough that you could see some photos of Summer Moon. Because who doesn't need that little pop of serotonin every once in a while? You know, you need it. Uh, We also have James and Allie moved into a new house. That's right. They moved into a new house by the Burbank airport. And it's classic Vanderpump rules to me that they keep showing the planes going over. (laughs) The planes just flying by. You know, at first production was probably so pissed when they got to James new house. They were like, oh, fuck, we got to film here. And it's so much I I would imagine so much unusable footage because they're in the middle of talking And then the plane goes, and they can't use that audio. It breaks up the flow of the conversation. And so on another program, they would just edit around that. But here on Vanderpump Rules, they were like, oh, we got a gift. This is a gift. They knew that it's a gift. So they decided to take that gift and unwrap it and just start showing us them planes going. Every time Allie and DJ James Kennedy were trying to have a convo, they would just show that plane flying overhead. Oh, it's amazing. That's what we need from VPR. Reminded me of when Tom and Ariana lived together and they couldn't play the microphone or the microwave and the lights or what, remember one of the two other appliances couldn't be on at the same time or all the power to go out. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Uh, speaking of homes, we also got to talk about Schwartz's house. He's got a lot of plants. Is anyone else concerned about the plants? Is there someone we can call? I don't know. I was concerned about Schwartz's plants. He can't even wear shoes. I'm worried about the plants. Maybe I shouldn't be. And also a lot of a lot of bug work happening, plant work happening in Schwartz's house. It made me a little uncomfortable. I just, this is mean. I feel like I'm being mean to Schwartz, but it does feel like that apartment smells. Am I right? It feels like you walk in there, you catch a whiff, and you just immediately got to leave. But I believe that. I don't even think a dog, aside from Gordo, their dog, or is that the dog's name? I don't think, I think many dogs would take one whiff of that house and just walk on out. And so I, that's how I feel. Cause I don't know. It seems like it stinks to me. It does. It feels like it stinks. Uh, then we have um, his friend, Tom Sands though is not on this episode because he's in New Zealand shooting a show called special forces, which is a Fox show that I refuse to watch, but it does air and I'm grateful for it airing, but I do not watch it. Uh, but at Tom's house, him and Ariana are still living together. They're in different rooms. They're both very messy. Tom barely made the bed. Uh, Tom wants to buy Ariana out of the house and stay at the house. But Ariana's like, no, we're going to sell the house. She's not interested in doing it. But uh, they have an assistant that they talk through. And so Ariana says, I believe this in her confessional." she says, Tom and Raquel are still sending mail to each other. And they sent a lightning bolt postcard, which is so wild to me after this whole thing blew up. The fact that Rachel was like, I'm going to send a postcard, which isn't even in an envelope. (laughs) Like I just completely fucked over my best friend. Like I fucked her partner of nine years uh, and did all of this stuff behind her back. I consoled her when she like lost people that she was close with. Meanwhile, I was like at her house, fucking her boyfriend of significant other of nine plus years behind her back. Uh, and then I only am talking about it now. Cause I got caught. So Rachel did all of that and then decided like, while she was gone away, She decided, like, I'm going to pick up this postcard with a lightning bolt on it, and I'm going to write a note on a postcard. At the bare minimum, Rachel, you need to be putting that in an envelope. I mean, come on, just put it in an envelope. She knew what she was doing. She's not not that dumb, right? Right. I don't know, but I, she did send a postcard and it's like, what are you doing? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. When you got that postcard, you should immediately also bought an envelope or by the way, just don't send a postcard at that time because it was just a mere moments after this whole thing blew up and you're sending a postcard to the house of the, uh, w- that they still live at. It's like the crazy, that's actually like, that's like Machiavellian. Is that the right word? That's like I- I- insanity. And so even Raquel, sometimes you think, I want to get on her side because I feel bad. She got a lot of hate and heat and all that stuff. I get that. Uh, but then something like that happens. It's like, come on, you can't be that dumb. And then also want a bunch of sympathy. So that's how I feel about that. But Tom's got an assistant. That's got to be the, the go between. I also like that. They're acknowledging that they got assistance and that they're doing other shows. And there was one moment where Lala was talking about her custody agreement or whatever with um ocean and she said, oh, I'm not going to put Ocean on Vanderpump Rules. And so she mentioned the name of the TV show. And so they're breaking the fourth wall a lot. And I like that. I like that. Uh, then what else is going on? We have uh, footage of Tom's live shows. Because DJ James Kennedy is still pissed at him. And so in the confessional, James is like, look, I see Zanzibar out on his tour doing all them dance moves and singing. And they showed a bunch of footage from them live shows. And it was a lot for the eye to take. And I've seen a lot of those Footage online on TikTok and stuff. Those clips of Tom and in tour and concert go around all the time. And he's always got the blouse off and he's just uh, singing. And I use the word singing loosely. I mean, he sounds like me at the farmer's market singing a Megan Trainor song. That's what's going on at those live shows, at least for my knowledge. And so we see a lot of footage from them, live shows. And it's a whole band. And I don't, I don't understand the logistics monetarily of this live tour thing, because I don't understand how you could have that many band members and go to these venues. I, I don't believe that much money is being made from that. And I would actually argue that maybe a lot of money is being lost on that, but it's still happening. But James says, look, he's out on that tour, and he don't even care about me. He's not even reaching out to me or trying to. And then Brock and Sheena are saying they actually reached out to him. So they had heard Tom's friend Ali had passed away. Rest in peace. Too young. and That breaks my heart. But uh, Brock and Sheena decided to reach out to Tom. So they DM'd him. And then that's when Shishi realized that she was blocked. And shenanigans was blocked. Sheena was blocked. All of them summer moon. Unforgivable. I was also very focused on how hot Brock looked. Did he not look so good in this uh, in this scene on the couch when they were sitting there? And he's always got them thighs out. Those Brock Thunder thighs are always on screen, and I applaud him for that. I don't know if I've ever seen that man wearing pants, nor should he. Nor should he. I don't want to see a pair of pants go near that man. Not sure if they got a stylist listening to this podcast, but you better, if you are styling Brock, you don't let him put pants on. You get him a tight pair of tiny shorts, because that's what that man looks best in. That's his uniform. And so don't take that away. Do not take that away from us. I just want to set that uh, up right now. I Set it up right now. Uh, Then we see Lala's apartment. She's wearing this Send It to Daryl sweatshirt. I'm sort of tired of the Send It to Daryl merch. Am I going to have to look at it every, every episode of this show? I feel like I've been looking at it for years. Send It to Daryl might have only happened, what, four or five months ago? I don't know when it happened. I don't think it was that long ago. But I feel like I've been looking at Send It to Daryl merch for upwards of six years. I can picture that in my brain more so than I can my deceased grandparents. That's what I see when I hit the pillow at night and I close my eyes. I just see a send it to Daryl sweatshirt. Meanwhile, uh, the people that I've loved are just up in heaven or whatever, or some of them down down in hell and uh, rotten. Rotten. Rotten hell. And yet I can picture the send it to Daryl sweatshirt way more clearly than I can picture any of those people that I've lost along the way. And so that's a problem to me. That's a problem. It's your problem it's your problem we're gonna need someone to take that send it to daryl merch off because this this is one of these shows i don't like when anyone on any of the housewives wearing their merch we've talked about that a million times on this podcast but the truth is vanderpump rules has has seemingly uh exceeded what it was before it's got so many new viewers and obviously production value this season seems to be amped up and so if the production value is amped up i'm gonna need someone to step in and take off that send it to Daryl merch and put on anything else because it's just too that's a little I like the breaking of the fourth wall but wearing the merch with the sayings from the show just makes me uncomfortable although I guess that was one that happened off the show wasn't it social media or something I don't care I don't care she made the money off that now let us live in peace (laughs) let me watch in peace I don't want to have to look at that merch but God bless that she made a lot of money because she's got to raise ocean and uh, I'm I don't know. The Lala stuff, I've been trying to figure out why it doesn't land. And I was like, is it not landing because of Scandaval? And people have talked about this before, but like, why did everyone rally around Ariana? But when Lala has gone through maybe similar things or, or issues on her own, uh, nobody seems to rally around her. And there's this custody thing and about putting Ocean on the floor. And, she looks so great, Lala, on the show. She looks stunning, and she, I think she's being very forthcoming about her emotions, both in the confessional, in the scenes. She's talking about the family coming to live with her and all she's been going through. And for some reason, it still doesn't really land with me. And I don't, I'm, I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. I'm just saying, is it landing for all of you? Like, are you guys feeling sympathy or empathy towards that situation? I mean I do in theory, right? Like I understand and I don't like that demon she was with and uh what's his name, the pickleball guy. Not interested in that man. I do not care for him. Glad she got out of that and I'm rooting for. Her. I really really am rooting for. Her. But just emotionally, I don't know there's like a disconnect that just doesn't happen with Lala when I'm seeing her on screen and she's talking about her life and she's crying. I'm just not feeling anything. And I don't know, maybe that's on me. Maybe that's my problem. Maybe that's my problem. Uh, Anyway, what else is going on? We do see the scene between Schwartz and James. They get together. They're seemingly moving forward. Even the last season, they had all that trouble. I was distracted because DJ James Kennedy ordered a double espresso at night. At night! Can you imagine he just did a espresso martini at night? You know, I could never be a reality TV star because they film a lot of these scenes at night. And by 8 p.m., I want to be watching TV. I want to be watching my stories Last night I watched that documentary on Netflix about We Are the World. If you haven't watched it yet, it's fantastic. You know that music video with Lionel Richie, Michael Jackson? So good, this documentary. I loved it. So check it out. I don't remember the name of it. But anyway, I like to be in bed at 8 o'clock watching my stories. And so on reality TV, they always got to do these night scenes. And I would imagine there is some pressure to have some energy, right? When I record this podcast, I like to record this podcast 10 a.m., I need to have my Diet Coke, then I need to record. If I f- uh, record it too late, I'm not going to have any energy. Some of you might be listening and thinking you probably should start recording at night because you're too hyped up. But the truth is, I need to have some energy. And if you've got to perform, you got to have a little energy. So James got to order a double espresso, and that would put me in cardiac arrest. I can't even have a single espresso uh, at past 3 p.m. I can't have a little cup of coffee past 2 p.m., let alone a double espresso at night. That would keep me up for at least a week at least a week. And I'm certain my heart would just stop. It would just stop. And my brother, my, I have an older brother that he always drinks those like monster energy drinks and those gross energy drinks or any time a vacation with him or going anywhere with him, he's always got like one of them energy drinks. And I'm like, Bri, you're, I don't even know how you're able to handle that. How's your body taking that in? Cause again, one little diet Coke for me. And it's like, uh, lights up, Danny's sweating, <laughs> like just did like 10 lines of Coke or something. It's just a diet little Coke. So I don't know how James is able to do that double espresso at night. But these are reality TV people, I guess they do. I guess they do. Now, uh Schwartz is mad because Sandoval made him name their bar Schwartz and Sandy's. So he brings this up on the show. Because obviously there was a fight a couple seasons ago about what they named that place. Remember, Katie and Ariana were saying, don't name it Schwartz and Sandy's. Or somebody was saying, don't name it Schwartz and Sandy's. And then Schwartz says people have been coming harassing servers and reservations are down. Here's what I want to say. Do not harass the servers at any of these places. You tip them and you're nice to the servers. I mean, it's got to stop. You cannot be mean to these service people. Be mean all you want to Schwartz and Sandy's. But if you don't want to support them, just don't go to the restaurant. I feel bad for these servers. You've got to serve people and they're being mean. And they're, the guests are being mean to them. And so I just want to give that public announcement. Like, please don't harass the servers. If you do not like Shula Schwartz and that other demon, just don't go to the establishment. That's all. It's pretty easy. And then the other thing I want to say is that Schwartz, you probably shouldn't have gone into business with Tom Sandoval and then named the establishment after your last names if you didn't want to be held to a little bit of a standard when it comes to the public opinion of you. Do you get what I mean? Um, but Schwartz, he looks good. He looks good to me better than he did on Winter House. I was a little worried when he was on Winter House because he was looking rough. Did you guys watch him on Winter House, you guys? It was rough. It was, it was actually like, I, he looked like that one Peanuts character that always has the flies around him. <laughs> what is his name? It's, who's the one, you know, who walks around with him, there's always like flies around him? Like that's how I looked at shorts on Winter House. It was just him walking through that, that fucking snowy ass house, which they need to, Put that show out to pasture, because I watched every episode this season. I don't think I enjoyed one of them. Not a lick of it, but I still watched it. <laughs> I'm the problem. I'm the problem there, because I kept watching it. And I just think they're doing too many... Uh, they're, they're leaning too, uh, too much into the houses. Let's just... Instead of the spinoffs, I'm sort of a fan of, like, let's just put all of our efforts and energy into keeping these main shows good. So when it comes to something like Summer House, just let's make sure Summer House is good. When it comes to Vanderpump Rules, let's make sure Vanderpump Rules, our flagship, is good. I don't need you spinning off when they're on shaky ground. Like, I don't ever feel like Summer House was on steady enough ground to be spinning it off. And same with Vanderpump Rules. I think when uh, Vanderpump Rules spinned off of The Real House's Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills was on steady ground. And now I'm feeling like we're just throwing these at the wall when we're not on steady ground. And it's taking away from our flagships. And so I just want us to focus on our flagships. Get what I mean? Also, speaking of flagships, did you hear that rumor about the the Real Houses in New York? The next season, people are saying there's this rumor going around that Luann, Sonia, and Dorinda are going to join. Uh, I think it's Bryn, Uba. Aaron and somebody else, like and Jessel. So they were going to combine the cast. But you guys, unfortunately, I had heard that that was just a, a rumor, and it's not true. So I am hate hate to be the one to say that, but I did hear that's a rumor and not true. Uh, but it is a rumor going around, and maybe I'm thinking Bravo might see that rumor and be like, oh yeah, that's the path forward. I, that's how I feel the path forward should be. But what do I know? What do I know? I would just like to mix those casts. Either way, though, why aren't they filming? Why is the new Real Houses in New York, why aren't they filming yet? They better get started, get those people in front of the red light. I don't care if I like them or not. Get them in front of the red light. I need content. (sighs) What are we talking about? James is sober. I'm happy for him being sober. Although he says when he DJs, he's got to have the Red Bulls and the Fiji water. And I just worry about his heart at night because that's too much caffeine. Too much caffeine. He does say he smokes weed every day. And uh, let's see. Then we have the scene at the spa. Should we take our break? Let's take a quick break here. And then we're going to talk about Shishi and Ariana getting the massage. And then uh, also we have lots more to talk about. Ariana's in a new relationship. So let's take a break. Thank you for listening. Uh, Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I do Patreon bonus episodes where I recap sex in the city from the beginning for those episodes. I do just one a month. More importantly, the money helps to support the show. But if you donate $4 or more per month, you get access to those episodes over at patreon.com slash everythingiconic. And with that, we'll be right back. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. Look, the weather's getting warmer. You gotta ditch the jackets, the sweaters, and you gotta put on some shorts and tees. And if you're anything like me, you hate getting all the new stuff, but luckily I've found Quince, and Quince makes it so easy uh, to get clothes. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found out about Quince. Now I've got high-quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Quince has all of the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, Performance Polos. Those are my personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the Performance Polos that I got. They also have versatile flow-knit activewear, and the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, and by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to all of us, and Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, along with premium fabrics and finishes, which I love. feel good about shopping with them. Now, again, I got those polos, but I also got some shorts, some t-shirts, just some basics that I can wear year-round. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to Quince.com slash iconic for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Quince, Q-U-I-N-C iconic to get free shipping and 365 day returns iconic All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was pretty stressful process and if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, That's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you, you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. I don't want your life. All right, you guys, my friend Michelle from college, she's been watching Vanderpump Rules from the beginning and she hasn't seen a lot of the season. She wasn't like a big Vanderpump Rules fan. She'd reach out to me and was like, Should I start from the beginning? Should I start at whatever? And I was like, You have to start at the beginning. Anyway, she's on season nine right now, and I literally just got this text, so I wanted to read it aloud. So my friend Michelle said, The women just took feet pictures to pay for Raquel's new nose. <laughs> We've been through so much on the show. <laughs> We've been through so much on Vanderpump Rules. The fact that the women rallied around each other to take feet pictures to pay for Raquel's new nose. I mean, come on. Come on. And that was when the show was almost canceled. I mean, we were in the trenches. Those of us who got through those seasons, I want to just applaud us now. Anyone who watched every episode of the show, we deserve something. I don't know, Medal of Freedom. I don't know what it is. But we deserve some sort of trophy or something for getting through some of those storylines. The lizard funeral, the pain... Feet pictures for Raquel's new nose. I mean, we were in the trenches, just still, still tuning in, still watching every week. And we were watching because we knew at some point our watching would pay off because Vanderpump Rules from the beginning always gave us something. And I think a lot of us knew that we weren't going to give up because something good was around the corner. And look at us now. We were thriving last year. Thriving. Thriving. And so we we all deserve I don't know something. And I'm only talking about the people who watch every episode weekly. I'm not talking about the people who gave up and then Scandal happened. And they went back and rewatched old episodes. I'm talking about those of us who were here every week, every week in the fucking trenches for these people. For she she watching watching them all take uh, feet photos. We were just doing that. It was like a whole episode of the week. It was just them taking foot photos. And still better than a lot of the other shows on this network. And we're going to get to the Real House of Beverly Hills in a minute. Anyway, um, let's talk about the spa scene. So Shishi and Ariana, they went and got a massage. Shishi's trying to potty train Summer Moon. And so she's talking about how Ocean poops on her own. So she tells Summer Moon, like, Ocean could do it. You better do it. And so that's what's going on. Uh, And then somebody, meanwhile, is just massaging Sheena's hoof while they're filming this scene. And I always wonder the logistics of that. Like, did they have the massage therapist there? Do they do a whole hour massage or do they just have the therapist come in and like massage Sheena's hoof for a minute and then leave? So it looks like they went to a spa massage and then they could do the scene with just Ariana and Sheena. I I, I don't know. What are the logistics of going to a spa on camera? And I feel bad to just look, if you're a massage therapist which if you go to massage therapists, make sure you tip them well because they are just touching your body all over the place. And I've seen some of your bodies. I'm sorry to say that I've ridden on airplanes where people take off their shoes and socks and you look and they, I can't believe somebody touches their foot. And sometimes you make an appointment at a spa and these people who work at these spas then have to massage these people's feet or their other body parts, whatever there's, whatever the body parts are. And to have to do that is already one thing, but then to have to. Massage Sheena Shea's feet on camera, on camera for the whole world to see. After the scandal happened, so many people are tuning in this show. I don't know what the ratings are for this season or uh, but the premiere are going to be, but a lot of people got eyes on this program right now on Bravo. And so you're on this program, and think about how many people that from your life are tuning in that you don't even remember. People from your high school, grade school, or people you don't haven't seen forever are tuning into this program, and they're going to turn on the TV. Uh, to catch up on Scandaval on the season premiere of this big hit show. And then they're going to see you massaging Sheena Shea's feet. And so I just hope whoever was doing that, I just, I I don't know. I I hope they also deserve some sort of prize or award or something, because it's already bad enough to have to massage someone's foot off camera, but then uh, just be on camera, not even mic'd, and just got to massage Sheena Shea's hoof. Like, that's the real low point. I'm sorry. That's the real low point. Anyway, one of the things that we're not talking about is Ariana met this guy, Dan. This guy, Dan, who I met at BravoCon very briefly, seemed like a lovely, nice man. I felt like he had, I just got a good vibe from him. Only met him once really briefly, but I got a really good vibe from him. But she met him at a wedding 11 days after the scandal blew up. I'm a little concerned because I think 11 days is, it's a little quick. And by a little quick, I mean it's like dangerously fast. 11 days after a breakup, you're getting in a relationship with a new guy. But here's where I will defend Ariana. And I'm sorry, I do love Ariana, so I, I might be a little biased. And you guys are going to yell at me, you're so fucking biased. So anyway, don't yell at me. But the point is, I think that the the silver lining of that, even though it's ridiculously fast, I think because he lives in another state, that keeps the relationship moving slow in a way, right? Like if you're doing a long distancing, you might have met the guy, but then you're just sort of talking on the phone or texting or whatever. And so you can't get, you get to know each other in that way. And so I, I do think 11 days is way too fast. So I will say it's way too fast, especially after a nine-year relationship and that ended so publicly. Uh, but I think hopefully it seems like it's a good long enough distance between the two of them. Uh, and also, I have to say, he seemed like a lovely, nice guy, and he's very hot, so good for her. And we should all be getting some hot, hot D after all that happens. So I support anyone getting all that D. Uh, right after this happened. Anyway, uh, Sheena also reveals at the massage that she's on a three-week no-alcohol. She said she was diagnosed with OCD six months ago. She's worried. uh, She's on meds now. I have to defend Sheena Shea here. I have to defend Sheena Shea because I think we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast. Sheena has this uncanny ability to make everything about herself. That's what makes her such a great reality TV star because no matter what's going on, she's going to turn around and say, this is why this hurts me. So the scandal all happens, she said, like, What about me? When is Rachel gonna apologize to me? Remember, she said that at the reunion last year. She always is able to make it about herself. But the thing that I want to defend Sheena Shea about is that I can only imagine what it was like for the cast members after the scandal all happened because they really became stars and that show was on its last leg. The show was in the gutter. I just mentioned they're making the feet pictures to pay for Rachel's nose. The show was in the gutter. It was in the sewer. It was in hell. It was in hell. It was it was in hell. Rotten hell. It was rotten in hell. It was gonna be canceled. I think it was done. It was terrible. And then the scandal happened and made them bigger stars than ever before. All these brand deals. Everybody, we were all analyzing everything they said on every podcast. And I even noticed on this podcast, when the scandal happened, there were so many new listeners and stuff. And when with that then comes all these new opinions back at you. People would find a way to email me, or I got texts from people. I'm like, how did they get my number saying, I, I hated what you said about this, or you're so wrong for that, or or great job on that, whatever. And I can only imagine if that's what it was like for my little stupid little podcast, who's so tangentially related to Vanderpump Rules. Like, I'm just here trying to make people giggle for a, an hour a week. But I can only imagine if that's what it felt like me. With the cast members, it was like everything they were saying and doing was being analyzed. Also, they were having all of these new financial opportunities come in which is overwhelming she she had to deal with a court case and uh, of course just the stress of what the show normally is so i think even being on a show you have to deal with a lot of these things but then it was magnified times a million after the scandal all happened and so i do understand how that would be such a trigger for, for anxiety and everything and so i was on sheena shay's although she it seemed like on the show she's like making the scandal all about herself I actually feel like the whole cast probably went through this crazy mindfuck that uh, years from now they might all be able to look back and analyze a little bit more but it was like it was a lot and so I I I was on She for that one I was on Shishi's uh, side There's also this big thing about Ariana and Schwartz because Ariana blocks Schwartz on everything Schwartz kind of goes after her on the uh, in the confessional he says like oh everyone loves Ariana queen Ariana and he's saying it kind of um you know, throwing her under the bus a little bit, and uh, I don't. I want them to work it out. I do. I think they will too by the end of the season. I'm not saying that I want Ariana to be friends with Schwartz or to be hanging out with Schwartz and the other demon. I just feel like I would like it if Schwartz and Ariana could come to an understanding. Uh, but in the meantime, I do like that Ariana is texting Schwartz. She texted him, "Go choke on Sandoval's dirty ass dick." I don't want your life. <laughs> I don't want your laugh. That's from uh, Varsity Blues, by the way. If you're like, what is that clip from? Varsity Blues. Yes, that's right. James Vanderbeek. I don't want your laugh. Which remember, they did that whipped cream bikini scene in the parody movie, Not Another Teen Movie. So Tom Sandoval was talking about the whipped cream bikini scene from Varsity Blues, which is, of course, iconic. We all remember that scene. But what gay men remember is the parody scene from Not Another Teen Movie, where it was Chris Evans in a whipped cream bikini. Ah, pivotal. Millennial gays out there, you know what I'm talking about. Pivotal. When we saw Chris Evans with the blouse off and the whipped cream over his uh, his. Um... Rita Moreno. Pivotal. Pivotal moment. Pivotal moment. Anyway, I'm rooting for Ariana and Schwartz to at least be civil with each other. Uh, then what else is happening? Sheena addresses Ozempic. She says she's not on Ozempic. It's Scandaval. And I think it's a lot of stress for Shishi. I don't know why. I felt bad for Shishi this episode. And I I maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh the, Ariana decides she's going to go to Tom Tom. So they're doing this group event at Tom Tom. She said she's not going to shrink her life. And what she's really saying is like to be part of this show, I'm going to have to engage with these establishments. In real life, I don't think Ariana would ever set foot again in that place Tom Tom. Cuz what's she going there for? I mean, what's she going there for the buffalo cauliflower? I mean, it's good, but it ain't that good when you're a significant other of 9 plus years cheated on you with your friend uh, in front of your face and you just caught him. Didn't she catch him at Tom Tom, right around there. I just don't think in real life she would really be hopping on over to Tom Tom for the food or whatever, but she is doing it for the show. And so she's moving forward for the sake of the show. So she said she's not going to shrink her life, which is a great thing. And then, oh, we have an appearance from Lisa and Ken. That's right. Lisa and Ken show up. And I had totally forgotten about them on this show. I know this is Lisa Vanderpump's show, but I had like, completely forgotten she had existed. It's so normally on Vanderpump Rules, we would have 10 Lisa scenes by now. And I love this version of Lisa where they just bring her in for a scene. She got to sit down, give some good advice, meet with the gals. So much better. It works so much better when they do that instead of trying to do bits with Lisa Vanderpump. So I'm begging. Let's not hide Lisa Vanderpump's bras in anyone's suitcases I don't need to see Lisa from going on any cast trip. Like, I don't need to see any LVP bits because she's so much more likable when she's coming in, just being a more maternal figure, giving good advice and just having grounded scenes with these people, maybe once a week or once every, every few weeks, even. I don't even know if we need it every week. And we certainly don't need Ken Todd and the opening credits anymore, which we're not getting, which is good. And so I just hope they continue using them sparingly. And I say that because not just because I think it's good for the show, but I just think it's also better for Lisa Vanderpump's branding. She's got a hundred other shows, and it it makes her feel more powerful, right? Like, just if I was advising her, I'd say, that makes you seem like a more powerful presence than when you're getting in the muck and doing those bits with the Brazier. And so I just hope going forward that everybody recognizes that. Uh, then we have uh, this Tom scene where everybody arrives, and Katie and Ariana, it was emotional seeing them walk into Tom. It's so different than the first time they walked into TomTom. Tom. Uh, Schwartz is trying to make some inroads with the gals, but he obviously is not going to be able to. Uh, and then, um, like, cheers to the summer of bad bitches. And then that's when Lala and LVP, they go to a separate table. And Lala says she empathizes with Rachel, 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 Rachel Raquel. See, I'm getting confused. They called her every different name on this show. And it's just like a, on The Real House of Beverly Hills, they call her Anne Marie and then Anna Marie. And it's like, I don't know. What are we saying now? Or on the real houses of Miami? Have you noticed that some people, sometimes they'll say Adriana instead of Adriana. And I'm like, what what are we doing? Which by the way, you guys Miami this week. So good. And they're on their cast trip and the real house of Beverly Hills is on their cast trip. And guess what cast trip was really thrilling to watch was the Miami one. And guess which one wasn't the Beverly Hills one. And so I just need you to watch the real house of Miami. I know I say that every week, but it's so good on their cast trip. Uh, and then, okay, so, yeah, Lala decides she wants to sort of forgive Rachel. She's going to call her. And then um, I guess she goes to the back room or the Tom Tom dump to try to call her. Sheena and Katie, meanwhile, decide to make up. And I love Sheena's confessional with the that girl hair and the pearls. Do you know what I'm talking about? I wish that hair, though, it was like that girl. Do you know that that sitcom from, I don't remember, was it the 70s? or I don't know when it was. That girl. Uh, anyway it was like that girl hair and I loved the look so much in the confessional I just sort of wish she only had that hair in the confessional because it almost was like took away from it when I saw it in the main scene and so I don't know what That's my that's my styling note for Sheena. Not that she's taking styling notes from my ugly ass. But the truth is, I wish she just had that in the confessional. We mentioned Lala calling Raquel. She had to unblock Raquel to make sure she could call because she was blocked on there. And so she said, I'd like to chat. And I thought they would be setting this up for the finale. But the creator, the showrunner of the show, had given an interview that I read where he said... That she's not, Rachel's not making any appearance this season. So we're not going to get her at all. And then it also sounded in the interview that I read with him, Alex Baskin. It seemed like the door is not even open for Rachel anymore. And I don't know if it's because Rachel had gone on her own podcast and thrown production and Bravo under the bus. And when you do that, when you do that, don't expect to be coming back to the show. But it seemed like the door was closed. The door was closed. Uh, then we have the scene where Schwartz is at home. Katie goes to pick up the dog. And Katie says, aside from the dogs, Tom does not have access to me. But they do decide to sit down and chat. And Schwartz is asking Katie. He's like, look, Katie, can you facilitate something between me and Ariana? Because she don't even want to talk to me. Everybody's mad at me, and she don't want to talk to me. And he's like, "Uh, no, Like, I'm not your wife anymore. Meanwhile, I was so focused on them pet bugs. Just them pet bugs, like Linus from Charlie Brown. Like, what is happening in there? I don't think anyone needs pet bugs. I'm sorry. I hate to be whatever, but I just don't know that people need to be having bugs as pets or in their house in general, right? That's what exterminators are for. You have them so that you don't have bugs in the house. You don't just invite the bugs in your house and then set them up shop for put them in a home. It seemed to me like he was setting up a home for these bugs. And I'm like, maybe you need to make it hospitable for you and Joe, or I don't know who else is living there now, but I'm not sure we need to be making hospitable for bugs anymore. In the year of uh, our Lord, 2024, just making a house for the bugs. I don't know. When I was younger, I remember they would do the mayonnaise jar at night. In Ohio, we used to get the mayonnaise jar, the plastic one, and you'd poke holes in top and you'd catch the lightning bugs at night. In the summertime, ugh! The nostalgia that brings me just to even say catching lightning bugs, you guys, if you've never done it as a child, you gotta do it. But when you're, when I was a kid, I remember getting the mayonnaise jar and I'd, I'd try to make like a cute little home for the lightning bugs, right? Like I was, I was trying to be hospitable back then when I was six years old catching lightning bugs back in northeast Ohio. I was just putting little grass in there and I would put like a little leaf and I'd be like, Oh, that's going to be the, her, his or her bed and then i'd go catch the lightning bugs and then i of course said i'm free after a little while or they would unfortunately pass when i didn't realize there was something on top of the holes of the mayonnaise jar but that's a tale for another time the point is i was trying to make a home for these lightning bugs but then as you get older you realize like oh no I, I don't know that i need to their home is outside and most of these bugs that shula schwartz had in that apartment should probably be living in their home outside instead he's making this big fish tank with the bugs I I guess, was he using the bugs to feed other animals or something? I don't know, I was so distracted. I just felt like it was a pig pen. Is that the Charlie Brown character's name, Pig Pen? Linus is a different one, right? Pig Pen is the name. I don't know, I can't remember everyone's fucking Charlie Brown name. I can't remember all them characters from Charlie Brown. It felt like there was a lot of them. I just saw a Charlie Brown thing recently, and it's like, I remember Snoopy and Charlie Brown. And then I guess there's, I remember Lucy. So I guess I do remember a lot of them. But it does feel like sometimes like there's too many Charlie Brown characters and they maybe need to scale back. I'm saying on the Vanderpump rules, they maybe need to add some cast members. But over on the Charlie Brown universe, I'm thinking they need to get rid of they need to do some cuts. They need, I don't know. Charles Schultz, you need to call me. <laughs> I don't know if you're you or your estate are listening, but I would write I have some I have some recommended cuts that we can talk about another time. Okay, so then the girls' night, they do a girls' night at the den. There's a lot of Amazon Live mentions you notice that they all do the bravo people all do the amazon lives now and i noticed all the gals got together for this girls night and sheena and love like that's from amazon that's from my amazon live there's from amazon that's amazon and i wonder if they got paid i'm always looking through my monocle thinking is this a paid sponsorship what is this and I'm realizing that it's a lot of, uh, a lot of Amazon live things and maybe it is, uh, somehow set up. Maybe there's some monetary exchange. I don't know. On the real house of Salt Lake City, I thought there was some monetary exchange for that burn book with the new Mean Girls movie. And then people were saying, no, that was just a coincidence. And so I don't know what's real and what's not anymore. I don't, uh, even on social media, you log in, you can't tell what's an ad and what's not. I don't know. I don't know. It's getting confusing, and someone needs to step in and fix this. I don't know, Biden. Are you listening? Because I'm not sure when I'm hopping on my socials or watching an episode of Pump Rules. They should have to say on the screen while I'm watching it, it. Should have to say like Amazon ad. I'm fine with it if that. I just wanted to say like this is an Amazon ad. Like underneath shishi, it should just say like this is an Am-, or or even uh, flip side of the coin. I would like it if it just said this is not an Amazon ad. They just brought this up naturally right? Like how how hard would that be to just get a lower Chiron that just says Sheena and Lala mentioning Amazon 10 times in the scene is not a paid advertisement. Although they probably did do it so that they can continue with their relationship with Amazon. Do you get what I mean? So even if it wasn't paid through Bravo, I still feel like there was some sneaky shit where Sheena's like, I'm going to bring it up a bunch. I'm going to say Amazon a bunch of times. Then of course the Amazon people love her. Anyway, happy for them to get that promo. Then uh, Lala says, look, I got to play devil's advocate. And Ariana says in her confessional, the devil don't need any more advocates. And that was a good line. I haven't heard that before, but I loved it. Uh, anyway, Lala says she decided to reach out to Rachel. And Ariana points out like if Ariana did this to Lala's ex's mit- mistress, Lala would have been so pissed. And yet here's Lala doing it. But Ariana took it really well. Lala said ariana's guard is up with her and they had this beautiful moment where uh they ended up hugging because lala said i can't tell if you like me or you tolerate me and they hugged it out and i thought it was beautiful but then when lala said i sent rachel a message i kind of felt like ariana should have been more mad about that but she didn't get mad about it lala ended up sticking up for raquel and then katie was like making these faces in the background meanwhile it was making me laugh she's like oh shit like her eyes were wide oh i loved it I loved it. She, she was being quiet too. Sheena was not about to talk until she decided to make it about her. And she said, let's not forget about me. <laughs> Sheena said, let's not forget about me. And that's when she made it about herself. And I was because she was referring to the restraining order that she had to deal with. And then they all cheers. And so the episode ended really with them all acknowledging Sheena's uh, misfortune and all of this, which is so funny because instead of cheering. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like everybody rallying around Ariana, then I know they did in a little. Uh, they did a little bit, but really the episode ended with them rallying around Sheena after all she's been through, and that's funny to me. That's funny, and that's why she's such a good uh, reality TV star. And then the episode ends with Sandoval arriving home from his uh, boot camp or whatever the fuck he went to for Fox, and so he's showing up. The episode ends, and God bless, he coming back from um Special Forces. Uh, Special Forces. How many seasons have there been of that? It sort of feels like there's been both ten seasons and only one season of that show for some reason in my head, but I can't wait to see how it plays out. This season, we see All dating, we see Jax coming back. <sighs> I can't believe that you guys. That's I'm I'm honestly stressed about that whole about the Valley spinoff. I'm stressed about Jax being folded back into Vanderpump Rules to promote the Valley spinoff because I don't know if you heard this, but that's how they're gonna lead into the Valley spinoff. Did you guys hear this? That's right. Remember on The Real House is Beverly Hills, there was a scene where we had a dinner party at Sir, and then we follow Sheena to the kitchen, and that's how – or no, it wasn't a dinner party scene. It was like Sheena sat down with Brandy Glanville and then decided to walk to the kitchen, and suddenly we're in an episode of Vanderpump Rules when we were just uh, – moments before in an episode of The Real House is Beverly Hills. And that's how they're going to spin off the new series, The Valley. And so we're going to be sitting there watching a scene with Jax Taylor, and then all of a sudden he's going to – Probably hop in the car and head on over to the Kentucky Muffin, and they're going to start filming their show, The Valley. And all of a sudden, we're going to be bamboozled into watching that. And so, we're going to have to deal with that. And that's something that we're all going to have to prepare ourselves for. I'm not sure how we prepare, but maybe I know call up your doctors and get on some new meds or whatever you got to do. And whatever you got to do, it's going to be a lot for all of us to take in. After all this scandal business, see him back and then have to follow him to the valley while he's. uh, It's going to be a lot. So, I want to prepare. Um, And then what else happens? There's this whole thing with Shula Schwartz, Sheena, and uh, Brock, and whether or not Sheena kissed Schwartz. And they all need to close their lips to Schwartz. Uh, What are they all opening their lips for? Moving on, uh, let's talk about the real houses of Beverly Hills. We're already an hour into this. So let's take one more break, and then we're going to come back and talk about the real houses of Beverly Hills. (music) and we're back it's the greatest bamboozlement i've ever accomplished the real housewives of beverly hills are on their cast trip last week it was a cliffhanger crystal had gotten sick going up to this chapel uh, on a hill on their cast trip and she had to get an ambulance and anne marie had to come over and swoop in and help her and uh, that's how it ended ultimately it seems like crystal just had she had some high blood pressure i guess that's I was a little confused by what was going on with Crystal. It seemed like it was the high blood pressure, right? Like that's what was going on? Or did I miss, was it something else? I, I, forgive me. I apologize, but, uh, the episode was, uh, it certainly aired. It certainly, I mean, I hate every time I have to come on this podcast. And sometimes you guys say you're so hard on Beverly Hills housewives or you, you guys say, I'm loving it and you're not. And so again, I just want to encourage everybody, uh, if you really loved this week's episode of the real house of Beverly Hills, please turn off this podcast because I don't want to bum you out and I don't want you to yell at me for not liking something that you liked. So turn it off. But the truth is I felt like this episode, it aired. Uh, and maybe it was hard for me because I watched it back to back with the real house Miami cast trip. And so I just felt like it was a little skewed. I mean, everything that was going on on the gondola in Miami was just like so many layers and so many different character dynamics. And then on the real house size of Beverly Hills, I didn't really understand what we were, what was happening on this cast trip. I didn't really feel like they got a lot out of the cast trip. And I'm noticing, did you hear the report about Kathy Hilton being invited to the reunion? That's right. Bravo posted this picture of Kathy Hilton. And it said, like, Kathy's coming to the reunion, and I, I think collectively we were all like, why? Like, what? God bless Kathy Hilton, but she hasn't been a presence on this season of The Real House of Beverly Hills. She left after last year, so what are we bringing her in the reunion for? I mean, I guess to give us some information about Kyle, uh, because this whole season's been about Kyle and her relationship with Mauricio, so maybe we need to get some eyes and ears on Kathy, but... I would have preferred if we had Kathy and Kim. And it all is just, it's just a little like, it feels It feels a little bit like we have nothing else. And what are we going to talk about the reunion? So we might as well bring out Kathy and let's bring Denise there. I'm sure, probably bring Camille. They invite Camille all the time. So probably inviting Camille to this reunion. I don't know who else is going to be at that reunion. Bring in Dana, Pam with them sunglasses. And bring all sorts of people from the past. Because at this point, I don't really understand why we're bringing Kathy. And I think I did re- see that Denise's. did I see that correctly? I thought I saw on social media that Denise might be there too. Maybe I'm making that part up. But it just seems like what are we – they're not even on this show. And by the way, speaking of Denise, they I just was watching uh, Vanderpump Rules and there was like a commercial for The Real House of Beverly Hills. Guess what clips they're using in the commercials for The Real House of Beverly Hills? They're using Denise. They're using the clip of Denise at that dinner party. All the commercials of Beverly Hills, it's like, there's Denise. And, like, Denise ain't even a friend of this season. She's not even a main cast member, and you're using her for the promo, which is a very clear-cut sign that your cast is not working properly, right? Like, we need to fix this cast, because if you're using someone who's not a cast member in your promotion of a show with an ensemble cast— like. Them all the people that are on the cast should be worried because it should be a big red flag. If I'm watching Bravo and I'm one of the main cast members, I'm Sutton, Garcelle, Kyle, whoever, any of those main cast Anna Marie, Crystal, and I'm watching Bravo and they say, tune in to The Real House is Beverly Hills and it's a clip of Denise who ain't even on the cast. I'd be saying, oh, I should watch out for my job because this is crazy that a cast member is not a cast member, is the one promoting our show. Like, that's fucking nuts. And these are just the little things, having Kathy at the reunion, the promo with Denise. To me, these are all little things uh, taking a bird's-eye view of them saying, like, oh, this season was bad. Do you get what I mean? Like, that's their way of saying, that's production's way of kind of giving us a subliminal message, being like, oh, yeah, we were fucked, so we did all we could. (laughs) We we did everything we could. We called up Kath and got her at the reunion. Uh, But unfortunately, the main cast member, I don't even, this trip, I I don't know. I don't know. And it's good we got to get to know Sutton a little bit more outside of what we know about Sutton. And there's this thing with Merce and she's going to spread the ashes. And this man seems interesting, but even like some of the quirkiness around it, like the fact that she had the ashes in the Ziploc bag, I they were all acting like it was the craziest thing or the funniest thing. And I'm like, I don't really think it was that weird because it was like a small thing of ashes and the Ziploc bag was in a container Resident in the tin or something, so it wasn't like it was just willy nilly in just a ziploc bag. But they were all acting like it was the craziest thing. I am like, what the fuck do you want her to put it in? And she's about to spread them, so she's taking them across the world and another place on a cast trip. What she's supposed to? She's not gonna bring a fucking urn, the whole urn. She's gonna spread them, and so I didn't really understand like when everyone was acting like it was the biggest. Deal that she had in a Ziploc for. I don't know. I did warm up to Anna Marie a little bit this episode. A little bit. When she was actually acting really maternal towards Crystal, she was like petting Crystal. That did more for uh, me to like Anna Marie than really anything she's done thus far on the show, just watching her pet Crystal. Because I just felt like a... I felt a maternalness. And I I do feel very strongly about healthcare workers. And uh, anyone who's been... Had to go to the hospital a bunch of times or had to deal with health stuff. Uh, The healthcare workers are just the best people and we need them and when they're nice and uh, I don't know, it just, I feel like they're. It sounds so stupid to say, but they're the heroes. And so I was really just watching Anne-Marie kind of have that side of her where she was petting and comforting Crystal. I keep saying petting, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> she was petting her. Y- or consoling her is the word I should be using. Uh But it was just so sweet, and Crystal was absorbing it, and I just thought it was the nice moment together. And then they all, uh, the rest of them, when Crystal had to go to the hospital, they all decided to go pray in this chapel Meanwhile, Erica had already prayed in the chapel while they were all consoling Crystal on the ambulance. So after Crystal was carted away in the ambulance, they're like, let's all go pray together. And Erica's like, I already did that shit. (laughs) Oh, God. And she says, she's like, look, I already had a chapel in my house. I prayed. Don't work. She said she was raised Catholic. She said, we're all sinners. No one gets through with clean hands. Uh, Is God coming? Certainly not in this group, Erica said, uh, as they all headed into the chapel. A lot of religion work happening on Bravo because the Miami housewives also went to some, uh, had some religious moments, and and then again, not to keep comparing the two, but over in Miami when they went to that chapel on their cast trip, there was this like beautiful moment between Gertie and Larsa and Alexia, and I don't know. I guess this uh, Beverly Hills moment they did have Sutton and Kyle, I felt like had an authentic moment with the rest of the group away. They sat down and Sutton said, I'm sorry if I wasn't being a better friend to you. And they did share. That was probably the highlight of my whole episode of just Sutton and Kyle connecting in a pew. They were bonding over like psychics, which when you lose someone, it was like uh, each of them has had this story about what they heard from a psychic about the person that they lost. And they're bonding and when somebody passes, you just search for these answers and you can't always find these answers and you look for them in all sorts of different places. But It does feel like Kyle Splits Richards is just growing apart from the group. Oh, oh my God. Did you guys hear this? Did you hear about the honky-tonk lesbian removed Kyle from her social media? That's right. And apparently, I haven't confirmed this, but I did see a headline. So I'm taking it as fact uh, that... Kyle had also deleted almost all of the pictures, I think, except for one of them, of Morgan from her Instagram. And then Morgan deleted all the photos of everything from her Instagram. And so people are speculating, like, is all love lost? Are Mauricio and Kyle going to get back together? Was this all a ruse for this season? I don't know. I still sort of feel like there might have been some sort of, I, I don't know. I feel like there might have been some sort of bigger play at hand. Uh, with Kyle and Morgan. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but I'm happy that Kyle, although she's growing apart from the group, it does seem like she's getting them um, some good... She does have a good relationship with Sutton, which I like. Also, when she walked out of the chapel, I just had to point out, remember a few seasons ago when Kyle did that impression of Teddy Mellencamp all in walking and walking away? She did that impression of the way Teddy walks. And I've noticed that Kyle also walks like Teddy's, the impression of Teddy now. And maybe it's because she's working out a lot or something. Of course, when you work out, you tend to have better posture and all that kind of stuff. And so maybe that's what it is. But I swear it's the same walk that she did to make fun of all in Mellencamp she's doing here on the show just naturally as herself. And so it's happening. It's happening. Um, What else is going on? Uh, Anna Marie does toast to Crystal. So it seems like those two, this whole medical condition or uh, high blood pressure, whatever's going on with Crystal, seems to have brought those two together. So they're, they're putting their differences aside and... Um, Anne-Marie even toasts to her when she's not there. Uh, let's see. Garcelle confronts Dorit, and they have this thing at lunch. And it's a wonderful conversation about their experiences. But the thing is, like after watching that scene between Sutton and Kyle, which felt so natural, like these emotions came up, and it felt like they were in this moment, and it, it felt like a normal evolution of a conversation. Okay. And when it came to this conversation at the lunch table between Garcelle and Dorit or really any of the group conversations on Real House Beverly Hills this season, to me at least, they feel very like a producer is saying, talk about these points. We know when they film these shows that production's got to get all these storylines together. They got to uh, work behind the scenes to make sure that the gals in the group scenes are talking about what they need to talk about to get the storylines moving forward, to have a cohesive season, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But there's something with the chemistry off to me. It's just feeling unnatural to me. Maybe it's a chemistry issue. I think that's where I land with it. I'm not feeling the chemistry. I think a lot of these parts are great on Beverly Hills, but it's uh, not feeling like good chemistry to me between them all. But I, I, again, I thought once they got into the conversation, it was a beautiful conversation and and great. Uh, Dorit talking about her experiences and her and Garcelle hugging. I thought, great. But I, I don't know. There's something about the chemistry to me that's not... Great. And then even the bits feel, I don't, I, don't, I hate to nitpick. The bits like, oh, we're, are we going to shop? Do we have time to shop? I don't know. Kyle had some good advice, though. What did she say? She's like, anytime I go anywhere, I just look for the Hermes store. And that's where, that's my home base. It's <laughs> my home base. Uh, and then Crystal ended up making it back to the, the house or whatever. And she was, she was really sad. This is why I felt like I was losing, missing something because she was so was sad. She was crying and she said she was faced with her own immortality. And, I, this is when I wish I watched the show with somebody else, because sometimes I'll be watching it. You could just miss one little one little nuance or one little detail, and then you have a completely different impression of the scene. Because I'm watching Crystal, I'm like, is, there, is it just because her blood pressure's up? Like, what is she so upset about? But then I also understand you're in another country to have a health issue in another country. is scary. And so, I don't know. But I, I don't understand it. She seems so upset. I haven't seen Crystal have that much emotion on this show until she got the high blood pressure in another country. But I, God bless. I hope she gets on some Lipitor or something. They said got some meds. And um, so good. I hope it's good. And maybe it was something more serious. And I, again, forgive me and I, but we want everyone to be healthy and happy and all of that. So I'm not trying to wish badly about it or wish harm on anyone. I just didn't understand. I didn't understand. Dereed had a glam on this trip. I was surprised about that. Uh, Kyle calls Mo from the trip. He's in a parking garage or something. I do not trust that man. He's always, and by the way, any young women out there listening, I know everyone always says, like, Mauricio's so hot and stuff, but you need to close your legs to married Mo's Because that man, I do not think that he's a good man, and I think he's neglecting his wife, and I think he's more concerned with his businesses than anything else, and that's how I feel, and deep in my heart and soul. And so any of the young women who probably are having sex with that man, I just need you to close your legs to married Mo's. Close your legs to married Mauricio's, because he's still married, and yet I think a lot of young women out there are deciding to have sex with that man. I feel I don't have proof, but I have proof in my heart. That's my receipt, is my heart. Just like Alexia over in Miami. That's my that's my heart, is my receipt. And so I just want to say that any of you out there, if any single gals or married gals, any gals out there, and gentlemen too, I know you might be looking at that man thinking, I'm going to get on my knees for him, but I need you to stop. Stop, drop, and roll away from that man. Close your legs to married Mauricio's. You need to know that. Because they're not, we, they could still get back together. They could still get back together. Then uh, we do see Erica getting her makeup done for this dinner party they're going to do with some of Sutton's friends. And uh, Erica starts drinking very early. She's already drunk. Like, she's drunk very early. And I was excited about that. Uh, because I could see it in her eyes. Her eyes were barely open when she was getting the makeup done. Bamboozled Jane was just sitting there, and the eyes looked so fucking heavy. Like, they were weighing on her. <laughs> it was like she had the earrings clipped to the eyelids, because those eyes were closed before she was even going to the dinner. And it wasn't just because someone was putting some uh, makeup on her eyelids. It was because she was drunk as a skunk already. And so I was excited about that. Meanwhile, Sutton's friend Trevor with his friends, uh, they decided to come to this thing... And then also we got the chef from last week, who's now, the chef's got like a hot dad. Uh-oh, hello! I was getting a little bored at this point, but I came alive when I saw the hot dad. That was Storm is the chef, and then the dad, did we get the dad's name? It was the hot father-son team, and so good for them. Good for them. And uh, then we have this thing about uh, this dinner party where Erica's drunk, and... They're talking about Merce being in a Ziploc bag, and they're acting like it's the craziest thing again. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, remember in the Real Houses in New York when the women would get drunk at a dinner party? It was like they were just shouting at each other, like, you fucked my husband. And then one of them would take their leg off and throw it across the room. Or or even on Beverly Hills Housewives, we'd have Rinna back in the day where she would just shout at a dinner party. If nothing was going, she'd be like, were people doing coke in your bathroom? And meanwhile, at this dinner party, I felt like the only thing going on was just like, the ashes are in a Ziploc. <laughs> <laughs> like they were all, like laughing and acting like it was, they had never heard something so crazy. And I think they told Sutton's friend, they're like, "Did you see she put the ashes in the Ziploc? <laughs> like they were acting like it was nuts. It's like, there's nothing's nuts about it. Like, let's all calm it down. Merce's in a Ziploc bag. Let him sit there in peace. His ashes. And then we're talking to all of those friends, all of these friends of Sutton's friend, Trevor, they had these great jobs. One of them was an architect, Uh, There was a woman named Benedetta, I think. Amira was uh, a woman there named uh, Amira was born in Sacramento. And I'm like, are they launching a fucking spinoff? Like, why are we getting to know all these people that are just sitting here meeting for the first time at a dinner party? Because I'm learning so much about them. This was another one of those signs where I'm like, they got nothing because they're showing us all. We're learning. I shouldn't know that Amira was born in Sacramento. Like, she's not, she was barely mic'd up. It was like a, a friend of a friend of a friend of Sutton's. And then uh, one of them we're learning about is an architect. And I'm like, what are we learning about all these people for? I felt like they were trying to launch like the real house size of this other one because that's what I'm getting to know all these people. Like thinking, why am I getting to know them? Like show me something amongst this group of people. And by the way, this is another sign that the cast needs to step it up. Like stop. I guess they were making a joke out of it because Erica like knew so much and knew so much about these people and was able to have these conversations, even though she was drunk. I don't know. There was even a moment too, where I saw Kyle go to craft service for some chocolate. <laughs> this was after the dinner. I don't know if you caught this, but after the dinner ended and they all decided to go to their rooms, then Kyle, they just follow her to craft service. She gets some chocolate and then she goes to Erica's room. And I thought that was like so strange to just show Kyle at the craft service table of the set, because I swear, I don't think it was just like the Airbnb or the hotel or whatever. I think it was like the craft service setup for crew and they found. They showed it to us. They showed her going to get a piece of chocolate. Go back and watch. You'd be like, she just went to craft service, and they showed it. It was like they have nothing to show us, so they're just showing us. <laughs> Splits Richards going to the craft service table. Like, what is going on? I don't know. And then the next day, uh, the next morning, uh, we see Erica go up to Kyle, and Kyle's like, "You were so wild, Erica." And I was like, "She was fine." Like. I didn't think Erica was acting that crazy. We've certainly seen her more drunk. Remember that scene with Asher where she's singing old Holy Night last season? She was drunk at a Christmas party. She's like, Oh, holy night. Like she's singing along with Asher, girl. And that felt like much more drunk and crazy. In this episode, I'm like, they're all acting like Erica Jane just was nuts at the dinner. Kyle's like, I can't believe you were so wild, Erica. I'm like, was she? It didn't feel like that to me. Then, uh, let's see, we see Dorit FaceTime with her dog, Pumpkin. We're in a bad spot. <laughs> We're in a bad spot. We're watching Dorit FaceTime with the dog. I don't know that I need to see that. She just FaceTime with Pumpkin, and they kept it in. FaceTimed with Pumpkin. Uh, and then it ends with this emotional moment with Sutton. She's she says she's feeling alone, she's having a trouble, she's thinking about all these men in her life, she's thinking about her ex-husband, Merce, and her dad, and she's saying she's 52 and she feels alone, and the episode ends with Kyle saying to Sutton, like, being alone can feel good sometimes too, and I thought that was a beautiful message and moment, and they're, to me, the emotional core right now of the show, and it feels like I'm at least getting some some good stuff between Sutton and Kyle, and so although I didn't love this episode, and I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry. I mean, I think it's, it must be me because I think a lot of people are liking Beverly Hills this season. So I think it's, a, this is a me problem. It's your problem. And I'm making it your problem by because it's a me problem. So I don't always know everything and I'm uh, maybe have bad taste a lot of times, but I'm just, I'm just not loving it. I'm not loving it. Anyway, I love you all so much for listening. Thank you. This was a long episode. But we had a lot to cover. Uh, and thank you to ACAST. Did I say that already? Get my books, How Do I Unremember This? and The Jellies Bunch are out now. I love you all. Go to everythingiconic.store if you want Everything Iconic merch. We have new t-shirts available, signed copies of my book. We also have It's All Happening tattoos, temporary tattoos that you can put on your arm like shishi. Uh, and we have all sorts of good stuff. So everythingiconic.store. Thank you all for listening, I, and I should also mention I have a spinoff podcast where I recap holiday movies, Uh, We normally only do uh, end of year, like Christmas and Halloween movies, but we did a special episode for the movie Valentine's Day. And you can listen to that episode over on the Very Merry Iconic podcast feed. So that podcast is called A Very Merry Iconic Podcast. I co-host with my my best friends, Jenna Brister. We have fun, and we had a great time doing that uh, Valentine's Day episode. So listen to that if you want. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Bye-bye. We'll be back next week.